listening to a sermon audio from Cypress Church. You can listen to more sermons on our website or by subscribing to our podcast on iTunes. We hope you enjoy the sermon and invite you to attend one of our services at 9 and 10.30 a.m. on Sunday mornings. I have TV there and I'm flipping through the stations and there it is. Storage Wars. I love that show. It's where people bid on an abandoned storage locker and hope to find valuable treasure. You know, I love the interaction, the drama, going on a hunch, a feel, they bid. And yes, it's mostly losses, but sometimes, sometimes there is actual valuable treasure inside. Like the time, one of the mainstays on there, Daryl Sheets, invested $3,600 into a storage locker. Now, uh, that's a lot of money to put out on a gamble. And yet this locker was filled with original art by Frank Gutierrez, an expert estimated that the collection was worth approximately $300,000. Man, don't you wish you could have been on that locker? <laughs> we love stories like that. We love stories like that where someone finds a hidden treasure, they, 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 they take a risk and something happens. Like the story of Disney, who risked it all to create a place for families to have fun. And the whole Disney empire was created. Or like the, the two young adults who dumped all they had into a computer called a Macintosh. An Apple computer was born. Or like the the whole group of employees of a young startup company that gave up being paid money for their time and just settled for stock options. And then when Microsoft went public, those employees became instant multi-millionaires. And the reason I know that is because when I lived up in Silicon Valley, our next door neighbor, their daughter, was one of those. Never has to work ever, ever, ever in her life again. Just do whatever she wants and her and her family. <laughs> Don't you wish you could be part of those stories? <laughs> Yet Jesus tells a story in our text today that says we can be part of a story like this. That if we're willing to invest our hearts, to turn our affections towards God's kingdom, there is treasure beyond measure awaiting us, both now and in the future. Jesus likes to use powerful stories to bring out uh, his points and, and make them memorable. Uh, these stories, these parables, are powerful because they teach us, they instruct us, and they inspire us. They inspire us in what it takes to be a thriving follower of Jesus, what it means to be a disciple, a fully devoted disciple of our Lord. And so that's the series this summer the power of story. And we started looking at Matthew, the person, and and his story, his story of conversion and and what it takes to be a disciple, that it takes knowing Jesus loves everyone, that we need to give Jesus everything, and that we are to share Jesus everywhere. Uh, We then looked at the Pharisees uh, in Matthew chapter 12 and had one of our young uh, preachers, Jericho, share on that in Matthew 12 that, that we looked a little bit at the Pharisees' story that we should not be like them. But our story should be one where we take the initiative in our hearts or in our head to learn Jesus and in our hearts to turn our affections towards Him and to, with our hands, serve His purposes. And then we went into 
the stories of Matthew 13, the parables there. The first was uh, the parable of the, of the soils. Uh, we had uh, another one of our young disciple preachers, uh, uh, Jordan, share that story of Matthew chapter 13, verses 1 to 23, that like the kinds of soils seeds are planted in, there are different ways to receive Jesus' teaching. We can be like the hard soil, hard to heart, saying, ah, ah, I don't really want to listen to any of that. Or we can be shallow. Well, I'll listen to do a little bit until it gets difficult. Then that's it, I'm out. <laughs> or we can be distracted. There's so many things going on in our mind. Uh, we can have a distracted heart. Or we can have a receptive heart that says, I am willing to go after the treasure of understanding God and knowing how He wants me to live. Because that's a choice. It is a choice. And we have that choice. For like the story of the weeds and the wheat, one of our senior leaders, our senior preachers, uh, uh, Richard Horn, spoke of that a, a number of weeks ago. Matthew chapter 13, verses 24 to 30, and then the explanation in verses 36 to 43, that God changes us from weeds to wheat. He redeems us if we are willing. And when we are willing, willing to follow Jesus with a receptive heart as we listen and learn and grow, we are like that story of the mustard seed and the leaven that Josh, another one of our young uh, preachers, shared with us just last week in Matthew chapter 13, verses 31 to 35, that God takes our small efforts and turns them into something huge, something big, like the mustard seed turning into a, a mustard tree. Not so our egos are inflated, but to be part of something that is bigger than us and that our focus should always be on the king of the kingdom, and which is Jesus. Because Jesus is worth it. Knowing Him, following Him, seeking out His purposes, His will, His way, obeying His words. For His kingdom is worth it. His kingdom is Jesus on the throne of our life. And in Matthew chapter 13, verses 44 to 46, Jesus tells us two powerful stories that give us two challenges in being a disciple in Jesus' kingdom. And I want us to look at that this morning. But before we do, set aside your notes for a second and stand up with me and let's pray. I believe God really has something for you. And I know I say that every Sunday, but I know He does. And I'm going to ask this morning that you really tune in to God. I know there's a lot of distractions, things going on in your head. You're thinking about other things. You're even trying to wonder if this whole God thing is right, some of you. But I want you guys to open up your mind to listen to what God would have you to say. Be listening in your mind. God, what are you saying to me? Let's ask him to teach us this morning. Father, thank you for the challenge, Jesus, of your word this morning, this parable right from your lips. And you have something for us this morning, something for us individually, part of our story that you want to speak into our life this morning. Help us to be attentive. Help us to be listening. Help us to have our spiritual eyes and ears open to what you have us to learn this morning. And may we walk away with that gem, that pearl of great price, that treasure that you have for us this morning, we pray in your son's name. Amen. Have a seat. Keep your notes out. You always learn and listen better when you jot down some notes. Plus, you even look spiritual. People going, wow, that person's a real good student. So jot down some notes. There's pens around available to you, but follow along. These uh, two challenges in being a disciple in Jesus' kingdom. The first challenge in being that follower of Jesus, that fully devoted disciple in Jesus' kingdom, is to recognize the value of Jesus' kingdom. To recognize the value of Jesus' kingdom. The first 
way to recognize the value of Jesus' kingdom is to know that Jesus' kingdom is a way of life. It's not salvation. Jesus is not talking about salvation here. He's talking about a way of life. It's an understanding of who we are in Christ. The life-giving standards of and the practices in life that brings out our best. See, the kingdom is, here is not talking about salvation. You cannot earn salvation. You can't do that. It can't be bought. It can't be achieved by our own efforts. Remember, efforts. Remember Ephesians 2, 8, 9. Write down the verse. By, we're saved by grace. For by grace you've been saved through faith. That not of ourselves. It's a gift of God. Uh, so write down that verse. Ephesians 2, 8, 9. It's living as a child of the king. That's what this kingdom way is about. Jesus' kingdom is about living as a child of the king, being a disciple, being a follower of Jesus, choosing to live life Jesus' way, the way life was meant to be lived. You were actually created to be a member in God's kingdom. It's been God's intent, but you don't go there automatically. You have to choose that. We'll talk about that in a moment. But the kingdom is a way of life. The kingdom is also a hidden value. In other words, it needs to be found. And efforts need to be put out to discover it. Some stumble upon it, and some go after it. But energy needs to be expended to live it. Jesus' kingdom is not the philosophies and the ways of the day. This way of life is hidden, and you have to go after it. In other words, it's not automatic. It's not the current of this world to take you along and to learn how to uh, live this kingdom life that God has for us. You have to actually stop like a, a treasure you find in a field or a pearl of great price. You have to go after it. See, once you find, or once Jesus finds you, really, and you believe, uh, you have entrance into, the, into the God's kingdom. Once you come to that place in your life where you realize, hey, there's a life out there, a spiritual life out there, and I want to live it. But you try the door and it seems to be locked. It's locked because sin has held you out. The Bible is really clear that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That sin, according to Isaiah 59, 2, that has separated us from God. We've been shut out of a relationship with God. We've been shut out of the kingdom of God. We've been shut out of even heaven. And there's no way we can try at that door and, you know, kick it down in any way. There's no way even our good works can somehow melt away the lock to get in. We can't try to get there by, by doing good works or, or, or going to church or memorizing Bible verses or helping people out, giving to the homeless. Those are all great practices, but they don't open the door to us to get into the kingdom. There's only one key. Do you know what it is? It's Jesus. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And he who believes in me shall not perish, but have that eternal life, enter into that kingdom. That idea of Christ is understanding that we're sinful, that we need this Savior, Jesus, and then belief in him is that confession that we're sinful, that confession that Jesus is our Savior, and then it's a a life lived his way, going in through the door and then beginning to live life in the kingdom. That's belief. And once we believe, get inside the kingdom, now we are to discover and live this new way of life. If we do nothing, we don't mature. We, we don't grow. But if we want to grow, we need to put out the effort and to be that thriving follower of Jesus. 
it takes effort, but it's well worth it. For Jesus' kingdom is as a value now and in the future with heaven. But it's a value of, of a thriving, real family relationship of God. You might want to write down some of these verses. Hopefully you can see them up there. But it's a, th- a thriving, real family relationship. As Ephesians 1 talks about, Ephesians 1 says that we are adopted in, verses 4 and 5, into God's kingdom. We've been led in. We've been adopted in. And now we can have that real family relationship with God. And as someone who's come from a, a, a family that was blown apart by divorce and, and, and a struggling alcoholic father and all that, I wanted so bad a real family. And I actually found it in God. In that real relationship with Him. There's a value of the kingdom. Not only that, we are living out our destiny. Psalm 139 verse 16 says, The Lord has our days numbered. Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. God has a plan and a life for us to live. We just need to get out and live it. And to be excited about that. God, what do you have for me? There, our destiny is found in Christ, the, the value of that. Not only that, life goes in order. We, we, we mentioned this verse a lot last year. Matthew 6, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all the areas of life will just simply fall into order when we put him first. And seek him first in our life. There's a great value in living God's kingdom because life has order. Not only that, our character is being transformed. Uh, write down Galatians 5, verses 22 and 23. It talks about the, the fruit of the Spirit or the, the result of, of the Spirit in our life. The result of, of cultivating those attributes of the Spirit. Uh, see, in that, that we experience and give authentic love and, and experience real joy and the and, and feel that deep peace. Not only that, we become patient and kind and we're better people as we live the kingdom life. Good neighbors, gentle and faithful. And then there's self-control to keep us from the crazy desires that we have, to keep those in check. See, there's great value in the kingdom of God. There's great value in living life His way. And not only that, there's blessings beyond measure as Ephesians one three says, not that we earn it, but they're the results of living life Jesus' way. Now, I know when I say that, some of you start seeing like, oh, I got to earn something. No, it's just the results of living that. If I handed you a guitar and say, here, and you go, okay, I'm going to play now this song. <laughs> you wouldn't be able to do it. What do you need to do? You need to practice. That takes effort and energy. The same way it is with faith. You need to practice these ideas of being a good neighbor. Practice the ideas of being gentle and loving and kind and all those things. We need to practice our faith. It does take effort. It's, it's like the results of a good education yields a greater depth of understanding. Or if you practice like a good chef, you know, you learn all the, the ideas of cooking and you produce good food and we all bless, are blessed and are benefited from that. We're not more loved or, or more righteous we don't get a better position in Christ. See, when we come to faith, we're already loved. We're already ha- made righteous in God's eyes. We already have a wonderful position in Christ. Nothing of that ever changes. But see, it does take effort. It's, it's kind of like um, some of you, I, I sent out a weekly email, and, and some of you get that. Some of you actually get it, and some of you actually read it. And I'm not going to show a hands who reads it because I don't want to be bummed out. But... Uh, um, I, I shared a story of, of, of Christy and I went to Disneyland uh, the other day, and it was just a blast. You know, I love going there and just watching people. And 
we're in line there going into actually Disneyland. And uh, we're in the turnstiles there, and there's a line up there. And we're watching this one kid. And this one kid was all decked out in his Disney gear. He had a Disney T-shirt on. He had Disney socks. And he was in you know, a little lanyard with the, the pins in it and stuff like that. And this ticket inside. And he was so excited about going to Disneyland. I mean, you could just see it in his eyes. He was just, you know, you know vibrating and so excited. And his parents were egging him on. Oh, you're going to see Mickey. It's going to be a great time. We're going rides. And, and he was just, he couldn't wait. He was just so excited. And he couldn't wait to get into the turnstile. So the, you know, he hands the, the lady the ticket. And the, and the lady obviously knew that the cast member there knew that, that, that uh, it was his first time. It's the first time he goes, oh, yes, I can't wait to get to Disneyland. And he just, and he opened the turnstiles and he, and he kind of got, runs in and he stops for a second and he, and he looks around, and he, oh, I'm here, oh, I'm here, and he just kind of spins around, you know, and he's so excited, he sees all the plants, you know, in a Mickey Mouse shape right there before the train, he sees the train goes by, and he sees a character there, and he, he just can't, he's just so beside himself, he's just so excited, I'm here, I'm here, I'm in Disneyland, I mean, I think he probably wanted to go down and kiss the ground, he was so excited, his parents were all smiling, and it was this great little scene, it's what you want, you know, to, to see that, just the joy of a child like that, and then his parents kind of went to take his hand. To, okay, let's go. And the kid goes, no, I want to stay in Disneyland. <laughs> and and no, his parents go, no, no, no. You've got to understand. There's, you know, see that little tunnel right there underneath the train? There's all of Disneyland is there. Uh, Mickey's in there and, and Donald and all the characters. And it's going to be fun. There's rides. No, I want to stay in Disneyland. I want to stay in Disneyland. He thought that was it. <laughs> Just the entrance. And there's, and, and, and you know, how sad if he would have stayed there. That's all there is. I mean, the entrance is awesome, but there's so much more beyond that. And we laugh, but that's how we are with faith sometimes. We come to Christ, whether it's uh, someone leads us to the Lord, or we um, <clears throat> at a camp, or on a Sunday here, and we yield our life to Christ, and we're so excited and feel the love of God and, 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 and what a great, wonderful sense that is. I know when I, when I first came to Christ and my friend led me to the Lord and uh, was there in my room and I just thought, wow, I don't want to end this feeling. But then he told me, Mike, there's so much more about the Christian life to be lived and I couldn't wait. I couldn't wait to actually live out my faith to actually move forward in my faith. See, we, sometimes we just come in and we sit and we think that, that, that this is faith. Coming to church on Sunday and sitting down watching some preacher. I think I'm sweating. Is it hot in here? I haven't preached in a while. I'm out of preacher shape. <clears throat> okay. I'm ready to go. I've been waiting for this. You sit down because we're going to be here for a couple hours. I've got a whole month of waiting to be preaching for you guys. No, but it's, it's uh, um, we think that this is faith. Just coming to church for an hour on a Sunday and that's it. Oh man, that's just the entrance. There's so much more of excitement of living for God every single day. To see him show up, to speak to us and to, to walk us through life and see how uh, life and him works together. Don't sit at the entrance anymore. Sure, it's amazing and incredible to, to, to the reality of our salvation, but there's so much more worth selling everything we have to gain. It's worth the efforts to live life His way. Not to obtain the entrance, 
but to enjoy new life in Christ. It starts with a choice. And that's the challenge. Will you get up and move inside and live the Christian life in God's kingdom? Search for it. Now, you may have stumbled on it, but regardless of that, go after it. The question is, will you? It takes some effort. For to be that thriving follower of Jesus, here's the second point now, means we need to render sacrifice for Jesus' way. Let's look at the scripture that you were read already this morning. Matthew chapter 13. Man, I really am warm up here. Verse 44. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field which a man found and covered up and then in his joy he goes and sells all he has and buys that field. You get the picture there? There's a treasure that's there and it's worth so much that this guy sells everything he has to get it. It's that valuable. Again, Jesus is not talking about salvation. He's talking about living the kingdom. Living the kingdom, the everyday experience of God is more valuable than anything. Next story. And again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls. And other this merchant who's already out trying to seek out living life the right way. And he finds it. He finds this, this way of life, this pearl of great price, who on finding that one pearl of great value went and sold all he had and he bought it. Giving up his wealth and efforts for this pearl, it's that valuable. Jesus is saying it's worth the effort and whatever you have to give up to live life his way, it's worth it. It's worth the effort to grow, as 2 Peter 3.18 says, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It's worth the effort to take up your Bible, to carve out some time in your life, and to actually study the Word of God on your own. Not just depend upon the radio or a preacher or, or that, but actually open it up yourself and go through the, 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 the wrestling of understanding what this passage is saying. It's worth it to grow. It's of great value to grow. Not only that, it's, it, it's worth the effort to worship. I love what Psalm 96 verse 9 says. It says, worship the Lord in the splendor of his holiness. It's worth the effort to understand and know who God is. As you read his revelation, as you come to church and sing those songs, sometimes the tune is not your favorite. That's Okay. It's still praise to God. Believe me, when you get to heaven, there's going to be all kinds of music, even polka worship. It's all going to be there, so you might as well just start enjoying it now. And quit getting hung up on the style, but actually get hung up on who it's singing about, about God and about Christ and about the Holy Spirit. It's worth the effort to get involved in worship. It's worth the effort to belong. Hebrews 10, 25 says, don't give up the, the meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. That's why we push and encourage and, and challenge and, and, and beg you to get involved in a small group because we want you to have that interpersonal relationship, that connection, that belonging to the family of God. Like Greg and Jen, they belonged to groups and those groups surrounded them. 
Some of you involved in a small group can share your own testimony about that. Not only that, it's worth the effort to serve. 1 Corinthians 12, 7 says that each one of us has given, been given a manifestation of the Spirit. In other words, we've been given spiritual gifts to share for the common good. All of us have been given gifts to help share. We've all been given some kind of important tool to share in our community, in our neighborhood, and in our church. So figure it out and do it. Don't just sit. Do something. It's worth the effort to figure out where you're to serve. And it's certainly worth the effort to reach out. Acts 1.8, I can just spend a you know, whole another couple of weeks talking about how God has called us to reach out. But Acts 1.8, we're to be the witnesses for Christ. To share of the value of what we have learned as we have gone out and, and we've learned about Christ's way and, and, and experienced getting inside the kingdom and, and to share that with others. And we're also to help the hurting. You know the story of the Good Samaritan. If you don't know it, read it. It's in Luke chapter 10, verses 25 to 37. It's an idea of we're to help those who are hurting. It's worth the effort to go through that. It's worth the effort and the sacrifice to give up whatever it means to be able to go about and to be involved in the kingdom, whether it's growth or worship or belonging or serve or reach or helping the hurting, to give it, maybe it's that relationship or that job or those, those possessions, your will, whatever it is, any sin to follow Jesus. Now, again, it's not to get entrance because you can't earn your salvation or position in Christ, but it's to make that choice, seeing the value and, and assessing the risk the sacrifice is worth it. For it takes risk and sacrifice to go after living life the kingdom way. And it will be difficult to change. But you can. You know, I, I love my wife for so many reasons. She is just a stellar woman and a phenomenal teacher and a great person. And if someday I can be like her, I might arrive. But uh, um, <clears throat> Christy... Um, had an addiction. Uh, it started back when she was in college, probably sooner. Addiction to Diet Coke. And it started with Tab. Remember Tab? Some of you, Tab and Fresca are about the only diet drinks around at that time. I know it's the ancient of days. But, uh, um, um, okay, sorry, sorry, Christine. <laughs> I, I, won't say that, I won't say that next service, Sorry. <laughs> She started when she was, uh, you know, six months old. Um, no, but she started, and, uh, um, and she has been, you know, drinking a Diet Coke almost every day of her life, and it was getting to the point where she was drinking like 40-plus ounces a day. And, um, and, you know, after reading all the research and, and finally deciding, I mean, she had a great affection for Diet Coke. That was her love language. And uh, um, I, I know if I wanted to just burst her day, I, I, you know, boost up her day, just go give her Diet Coke, she was happy. Uh, <clears throat> but, but she realized that wasn't a good, uh, good uh, addiction. And so she, uh, she just decided, she turned her affections off of Diet Coke and onto her health. And she has been one year sober Diet Coke. <laughs> Hasn't even had one. But you can ask her and watch her struggle. Christy, do you still want a Diet Coke? Yes. <laughs> it's an everyday battle. And in the same way with our, our, our faith, it's, a, it's an everyday move and it takes risk and it takes sacrifice and it takes effort. 
And many of you have made the choice to do whatever it takes to live life Jesus' way. And that's awesome. That way of the kingdom. Continue making that choice. Sacrifice your will for Jesus's. Forfeit your desires for God's. Forego your dreams for the Lord's. And surrender to his authority in your life. Keep going. Keep making those sacrifices for it will continue to be difficult in whatever stage you're in. Yet it's worth it. It's worth it because you gain the ideas and that fruit develops. And not only that, as you read the book of the Revelation, you see the blessing of walking into heaven at that sense of living the kingdom. The question is, do you really sacrifice? Maybe you've let your passions fade. It's kind of like a young love. We've had a few... uh, weddings this summer and it's all wonderful to see these young couples they're all so in love and you know all schmoopy and it's great it's just wonderful and they, and you know you ask them does it take any effort to to build your relationship because no we love it oh spending time together doing things together and we talk about everything till midnight and we just all this they love it we'll talk to them five ten years and three kids later yeah. <laughs> and all of a sudden Where's the effort? (laughs) You know, you're exhausted. It takes effort to talk about the day. It takes effort to even find time to be alone together. And you look at each other and go, wow, what happened? Life happened. It's the same way with our relationship with God. We're so excited when we come to Christ. Oh man, we're going to go reach the world for Christ for everything we've got. And then time goes in and busyness sets in and, and it takes effort. It just takes effort. And that's when we need to, to trust in the Lord, as Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, and not lean on our own feelings, or to, as Matthew six thirty three says, to seek the Lord, or, or Isaiah 40, verse 31 says, to put our hope in the Lord. And the passions will come, but even if they don't, the treasure and the value is worth it. It's worth the fight. You know, this world's way is to only be passionate about self. This world is not your friend. The current of this world is not helpful and actually wants to suck you in and and, and grind you up and leave you lifeless, deflated, discouraged, and depressed. And Jesus warned us of that in John 16, 33. I've said said these things to you that in me you may have peace, God's kingdom way. But in the world, you're going to have tribulation. But take heart, I've overcome the world. However, in Jesus' Living in Jesus, in, in living his kingdom way, there is real treasure, a, a pearl of great price. See, in Jesus' way, there's victory. As, as Deuteronomy 20, verse 4 says, that, that God fights for you. And 1 Corinthians 15, uh, 57 says, there's victory in Jesus. There's victory over sickness and, and, and sin and problems and trials. And so we still have to go through them, but we know that there's victory on the other side. In Jesus' way, there is vitality. John 10, 10, Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and have it abundantly. In Jesus' way, there's veracity. That's, that's that authenticity and truth. Jesus said, I am the way and the truth. You want to know what real truth is in life? It's found in Jesus' way and in his kingdom. There is vision in Jesus' way, a life purpose bigger than ourselves. And we see and have wisdom for the reverence of God is the beginning of wisdom. And as Ephesians 2.10 says that we are God's workmanship. We have a purpose. And in Jesus' way, there is vigor. There's revitalization. There's redemption. There's repurposing of life. And as 1 John 5.12 says, he who has a son has life, real life. 
not the phony life that this world provides. Why would we not render the risk and the sacrifice to live Jesus' kingdom way? Now, I know that the Lord has been speaking to you about something. Take your worship folder. Take that little sticky note right there. And I want you to write down what you think the Lord might be saying to you. In the areas, what areas do you need to start taking risks in? Maybe it's joining a small group or stepping up and serving or cutting down your schedule so you have more time to read your Bible and study it. Or maybe you need to read your Bible. Maybe you need to read your Bible more. Maybe you need to be more generous. What is God asking you to take risk on? Write, write that down, just in a little sticky note. As well, write down, what is Jesus telling you about sacrifice? Is there something he's telling you you need to give up? Maybe it's a relationship. Maybe it's a job. Maybe it's your greed or your always having to be right, your pride, your bad habit. Write it down. Take this, and if you have your Bible with you, stick it in front of your Bible. Take it home and stick it on your mirror. And ask God to continually help you with that. In fact, let's ask him right now. Father, thank you for the reality of your word and the the challenge that it is to help us move through and, and, and come into this kingdom and live this kingdom lifestyle. Lord, we know it takes risk. We know it takes sacrifice. And Father, these things that we've written down, Lord, help us to shift our affections. Help us to, to move our desires towards the things that you want us to. And help us to change. Help us to put the effort into that. We pray this in your son's name. Amen.